You're listening to audio from Hope Fellowship Church of Jaffrey, New Hampshire. If you'd like to check out more resources or to donate to this ministry, please visit hfcnh.org. find it fitting, as I struggled all week with this passage, um, I find it fitting the passage that God's laid on my heart to share today. Um, I don't know, you guys maybe copied my notes or something, some of their testimonies. Uh, just kind of go right along with it. In fact, a few of them kind of listed or, sh- or, or shared some of the verses that I'm going to be preaching on this morning. And I am preaching today in regards, first and foremost, thinking about you young people, you, um, the, the youth in this, the next generation. So I, I'm kind of thinking in light of the message is kind of t- catered for you guys. And yet uh, the rest of us are, are all listening in and it is also directed to you. Uh, for the message is gonna be revolving around this concept of courage and faith. And in particular, as we look at Deuteronomy and Joshua, and today we're gonna be kind of examining this maybe well-known passage, especially in Joshua, maybe more so than in Deuteronomy, but the well-known phrase of be strong and courageous. And so what does that mean? What does that look like as I think about uh, how we can apply that today? To be courageous and to live courageously, and really in today's message is centered around courage and living courageously. And as I've considered the link between these two things of, or really three things, I guess you could say, the link between these three main big ideas that we all face and that you heard every single, almost every single one of those testimonies reflect about in one way or another. They all reflected about some sort of fear, some sort of faith, and some sort of courage. Uh, There was traces and elements in each one of their testimonies of of how Jesus and how faith in God allows us to overcome our fears and to live with courage. I think that's that's what I've been wrestling in my mind of of to this week is is it's been kind of a simple, and maybe sometimes that's the hardest thing is when you preach or you speak or and you speak on maybe well-known verses, you're kind of like, well, how can I come at this with an angle where people will not think of it so well-known? But sometimes it's just saying the things we all need to hear and be reminded of the things we already know. Uh, that's really the job of the preacher anyways, to just simply say the same thing over and over, which is pretty much what it's like every week, the gospel, right? But when it comes to our fears, we, we have much to fear. There are many things to fear. We have been living in a time where fear is on the, form, uh, the forefront of everyone's mind, uh, whether it may be, I'm not gonna get political or anything, but just the concept of fear is just present. And in today, uh, fear can be placed in front of our mind, in front of our eyes, in front of our faces, and on our screens all the time. It's hard to get away from any reminder that you have something to be afraid of, right? It's hard to escape those reminders, is it not? And so there are fears. There are legitimate fears. There are many things that are dangerous in this world that we live in. There is danger around every corner, you know? And so if there are real fears, if there are real things, if there are real dangers, How is it that Joshua, and really throughout the scripture, you start looking into the word courage or being strong and courageous, and you find it in almost every single book and almost every part of the Old Testament, especially, of being strong and living courageously. And so as we think about this fear that we all have, that there's a real reality of things that we are afraid of, 
How is it that we live with courage? And I think the link between to live courageously and overcome your fears or face your fears, especially in the realm of Christianity and within the church, often centers around that central link between our fears and living with courage. The central link I find is walking in faith. Faith. Faith is that central trust in God. Faith is many things. I don't know if we even have time to really fully delve into all the things that it can be, but really at its base level, at, at some of the truth of how we look at that word faith, there is this level of trust. That there are things I fear, but there are things or one person that I must trust to overcome those fears and step out in faith and live courageously with whatever God's calling you to do, wherever God's calling you to go, whatever God's calling you to say. It often centers around our faith. And so today, I guess the message could be in some sense simple, could also be very frightening in the sense of what does God What is God calling you to do? Why is he encouraging you to be courageous today? For that is what I want you to do. I wanna spur you on today to live courageously for God. I have meditating on this, thinking about this, what it really is, and when you look at courage, and I guess really before we we look at courage, I want us to kinda think about this passage to start. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, is it? is gonna present to us a a certain message coming from God to Moses and then from Moses being passed down to Joshua. Joshua is the successor here and, and also then today being passed down to you and me today. So if we look at Joshua, and I'm gonna just start reading in Joshua, uh, sorry, Joshua, we're gonna be looking at Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse one, where Moses is speaking to Joshua. Then in a moment, a little bit, we'll look at Joshua one. But here we start in maybe the lesser known passage where these things are first shared in Deuteronomy chapter 31. And you'll, you'll see the context here as we read. It says, so Moses continued to speak these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. Wow. I am no longer able to go out and come in. The Lord has said to me, you shall not go over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself will go over before you. He will destroy these nations before you so that you shall dispossess them and Joshua your servant, the one you've been training, will go over at your head as the Lord has spoken. And the Lord will do to them as he did to Sihon and to Og and kings of the Amorites and to their land. He will have destroyed them in verse five and the Lord will give them over to you. And you shall do, that, do to them according to the whole commandment that I have commanded you. Verse six, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord, your God, who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in sight of all of Israel. Imagine the entire, all of the country gathered together and Moses tells him and commissions Joshua and he says, be strong and courageous. For you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them. 
and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. The topic of courage, what is courage? What does it mean to be strong and courageous? Courage could be thought about in relation to this idea of uh, moral strength or mental strength to venture or persevere or to withstand legitimate danger or overcoming fears and difficulties. One other definition was this concept of the ability to control your fear. Courage has a a sense of not a lack of fear, but an ability to walk with self-control, to control your fear in a dangerous and difficult situation. Winston Churchill says, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Mark Twain says, courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not an absence of fear. And then Moses reminds us here as well to Joshua as the Lord gives him this word, be strong and courageous. Do not be in dread of them for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. This kind of courage is so needed in every time period, but I think amazingly, especially today. As we often think about so much of what we face on a daily basis, and as we think about the youth and the future that is projected for them, the life that they are living in this country and the world. And I think it is so important to consider the importance of courage in the modern world. Courage in 2021. A few thousand years was this written away, but how does it apply to us today? The courage, what are the guiding assumptions about life that reflect in the way we live and the choices we make? In today's culture and today and so many of things that we face, I don't think are often built around the concept of courage or what we could think of as traditional levels of courage. When I think of courage, I think immediately of history and World War I and World War II and that greatest generation and these men running onto the beaches of D-Day this aspect of bravery and self-sacrifice. These are the storylines, the narratives which often frame the way we think and what we value in society. These are the the functioning narratives and storylines which guide us in so many ways, whether it's Christian or non-Christian. But today, so many things that I see and read and hear about are not often about this aspect of courage and self-sacrifice and bravery on these things of level and and giving yourself for others and, and stepping past your fears, but often succumbing to them. There's often a concept of general victimization and blame shifting in our culture that is often the the guiding force that we see so many ways in so many different places. The assumptions of personal responsibility, of stepping up and being courageous and doing the right thing despite the fears often are not popular today. There's the cancel culture and all that we see and experience of, of suppressing and silencing no matter what may happen. The notion of a person accepting personal responsibility for one's actions and being willing to shoulder responsibility for others is in some ways going out of vogue. We are taught to be the victim, to see ourselves and our individual expression over everything else in the group. Courage in its traditional sense is not lauded or praised in the way that it might have been in one time. And so I think it's important for us to consider in the Christian world and in the church for us to consider why courage is so important. 
for today's time period, but also in the past has always been for Joshua in particular and for us. That courage sometimes is not always uh, doing the biggest thing. It's not always we think of running onto the beaches of D-Day for not any of us have had that opportunity. Often courage is in the little things. It's in the small things. Courage might look like choosing to make your bed in the morning. Might just choose to obey your parents. <laughs> courage might look like, from a Christian perspective, maybe very different than the big and bombastic and, and um, social media worthy things of courage. Sometimes it's simply making small choices, right choices, to follow Jesus, to spend time in prayer, to open up your Bible. Maybe it's the courage to silence and close your mouth when you want to speak and want to react. There are certain aspects of courage that just might even simply mean coming to church, encouraging others, encouraging people in their walk instead of focusing on yourself. Courage can be seen in small ways, small things, small decisions that often lead to big ones one day. J.R. Tolkien says that courage, as he speaks about in The Hobbit from these ideas, that courage often comes from unexpected places and unexpected people. So courage is so important today. I think it is the idea that we must face our fears. We must uh, walk through these things that there has never been a time in our lives or in my life where we never have anything to fear. There is always something to fear. Fear is something that is natural to us. We are taught from God's word that we, we must walk with, with faith despite our fears. I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about this. Uh, this clinical psychologist was talking and he was giving a story about how uh, they used to perform uh, things on rats. You know, those crazy psychologist people who perform studies and experiments on rats. And he said the ethics committee don't allow them to do these things anymore. Uh, but he said back in the day, they, um, uh, they used to test rats because they were trying to figure out whether fear was taught or not whether you could teach a rat to be afraid and whether uh, that rat was in a sense born with this sense of lack of fear or if fear is a natural thing in a way. And, and the results of the study eventually proved that fear is, is not taught but it is something that is almost indwelt within us. It is almost naturally there uh, for obviously that response that allows us to be afraid is also something that allows us to stay alive allows us something to recognize danger and to fear it and to be and seek self-preservation. So a rat is placed in a new environment and that rat, as soon as it's placed in a new environment, will freeze because it doesn't recognize anything as familiar or as comfortable or as safe. And that rat will then take a step. It'll sniff the air. It'll, it'll look around and make sure that there's no danger that it can recognize. And then that rat will then pursue that environment, every nook and cranny, every corner, until it finds safety, until it can be calm. The rat will pursue, look, and search, and, and go, and move, and do, and, and pursue in a very courageous way, facing its fears of the unknown that it has no idea what's around that corner because a cat could be waiting around that corner. But that rat will pursue it until it can be calm. He said, fear is something that naturally is within us, but yet what we need to be taught is to be calm. What we need to be taught, what we need to learn, what we need to grow in and trust is, is rest and trust and faith. But we naturally fear. We naturally find ourselves afraid. It might be one of the easiest things that all of us can find to do on this, on this earth, on this planet, is to be afraid. And I think that's why through the pages of scripture, do not be afraid, do not be afraid, do not be afraid, is on every page it seems. 
Do not be afraid. The Lord says, I am with you. And so in a Christian perspective, as we look at God's word, as we look at characters like Moses, we find that, that, that this aspect of being strong and being courageous, of not being afraid, is rooted in the sense that you can be calm when you're in the presence of God. When you trust in his promises, you can find ways to be calm and live and then act courageously to overcome those fears. And I think the Bible helps to inform our minds, persuade our hearts, and uses characters like Moses and Joshua who encourage us to stay calm under pressure, to do things that we never thought possible before, to bolster our faith when we fear and live courageously. It encourages us. I use that word a lot. And I never really thought about it until recently, but encourage involves the word courage. To encourage someone is to mentally uh, and, and socially support someone, to motivate them, to literally give them courage. Give them the spirit of courage, to encourage someone. Courage maybe is this quality, right, of, of confident character, not intimidated easily, but overcoming your fears and action despite your fear. And we also know the very opposite sense of encourage, and courage is discouraged. Discouraged is this depriving state, disheartened reaction, a lack of courage, a lack of ability to overcome those fears. Discouragement can often feel like being paralyzed. And so today, I think it's important for us to consider this text, these people, these stories that were so well known of acting in faith, moving in faith, and I use that on purpose, for faith is, is not just a mental ascent or a position in your mind, but it responds and lives itself out with real action, with real courageous living, is the works that back up our faith, faith and works together. And so as we look at Deuteronomy 31, we see that Moses is, is dying, he's passing away, and Joshua has been the servant that's trained under him. He's gonna be the successor, leading the people of Israel. Joshua uh, is taking this position, the, the position of the mantle of power in a sense or the leadership of the nation and Moses has done a fantastic job but failed in one respect that he failed to lead them into the promised land. The spies and in Numbers 13 and 14 are seen to have failed in this and then Moses fails as he disobeys God with the water from the rock and some of these things that he, he is then not allowed to enter the promised land. But if you look back in, in Numbers uh, 13 and 14, it talks about, you can look through this idea of when the spies were sent into the promised land, into Canaan, to see, to what? To see the land that they were about to take but also to see the fears that were awaiting them. <laughs> the many things that were very, they were very afraid of. They were very, very much afraid. In fact, Numbers 13, verse 20, says uh, the land is rich, and uh, the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not, this is what they're saying, go into the land, see if it's a good land or not, see what is there and what we should be aware of, and then it says be of good courage, and bring some of the fruit of the land, like go out there, see what we have, come back and report to us, and in verse 28, the people who dwell in the land are strong. This is the report they bring back. The cities are fortified, very large. Besides, we saw descendants of the Anak there, the Nephilim, these, these large, these giants. There are, there are powerful Amalekites, Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites. There's enemy after enemy. But then verse 30, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once to occupy it. Let us be courageous, for we were able to overcome it. We will be able to overcome it. And the men and the people, and they said, we are not able to go up against the people. They are stronger than we. And they saw that themselves, they looked like grasshoppers in their sight. 
And chapter 14 tells us in verse six and nine that Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among these who had spied out the land. They tore their clothes, they rent their clothes, and they said, all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord, and do not what? Fear the people of the land, verse nine, for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them. The Lord is with us. Do not fear. This is Joshua who many years later after the wandering in the wilderness, after they do not enter the promised land at this time for their disobedience comes and is told by Moses to be strong, to be courageous for go into the land and do not fear. Do, God will never leave you and forsake you. He will go before you and he will lead you in this. Trust him, walk in faith. Look at all that God has brought us through and all the things he's going to take us to. This isn't just blind faith. We often think of faith and courage maybe just uh, forgetting all the things that are against us and just kind of putting our fingers in our ears and covering our eyes and just running headlong into danger. It's not this blind faith or willing, like I don't believe or want to be informed in any way, but an informed faith, I guess you could say, a faith that, that looks at the promises of God, that looks at the character of God and has seen him move and seen him work and then cho- choosing to respond in action and step out in faith and follow him. To have courage He won't leave us, he won't forsake us. And then we turn over to the book of Joshua. We find a similar story here in Joshua chapter one, a well-known passage that mimics some of these same things where Joshua is now speaking to the people or the Lord speaks to Joshua right at the beginning, giving him this, uh, really this confirmation, this commissioning, this ceremony of, of what I am calling you to do. And verse five of Joshua chapter one, verse five, it says, no man shall be able to stand before you with all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. How do I inform your faith? I inform your faith that just like I was with those in the past, I am going to be with you. You read God's word, you know God's testimony, you know he doesn't fail. His faithfulness is trustworthy. Now, respond in faith and act. Right? Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Verse six, be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. I promised it to them and you better believe I keep my promises. Only be strong, verse seven, and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that my Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. You should be careful to do all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. As I said, maybe some of us have heard these verses. We've, we've maybe read through this before, but it is so important as the preacher, as the teacher of God's word to just remind us of what we need to be reminded of, that there is much to fear in this world, but our faith is not rooted in our fears. Our faith is built on the promises of God and his character, and in particular, his presence. 
I want us to think about this as we kind of close these two ideas of presence and promise. Acting in faith often looks like walking in his presence. So our faith can be bolstered and encouraged by walking in his presence. Moses spurs on Joshua by saying, don't fear, be strong and courageous. But why? Just do better. (laughs) Don't fear. Yay. No, no, no. He doesn't just tell him something or like a bad soccer coach that I used to do as I'd coach myself, just play better. (laughs) Stop messing up, you know? Doesn't really help. It's not very good coaching. (laughs) Deuteronomy 31.6 says, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. Do not be afraid, for it is God who goes with you. God's presence is with us. This is one of the major themes of the entire Bible. God's presence is with us. We see it most clearly in the New Testament when we see the very flesh, the very incarnate God, Jesus, Emmanuel as we sing in Christmas time, God with us. He is with God's presence. But in the Old Testament, we see it very clearly as well that people of Israel in the wilderness were led by a pillar of cloud by the day, a pillar of fire by night. God's presence was visual and led them. The, the tabernacle, the, very, the presence of God was housed within the people as the people encamped around the presence of God. The Ark of the Covenant would lead the people of God wherever they traveled. It was a symbol of God's blessing and his presence with his beloved people. And eventually, the temple was built as a symbol a very physical building that symbolized and actually housed the presence of God among God's people. Jesus becomes then that temple, that God in flesh. And then we, as the people of God in the New Testament, having come to believe in Jesus and being made new creations, we are now the temples of the living God. The Holy Spirit lives within us. This presence from the very beginning of Genesis 3 to now is what is being restored, which was what was lost as God walked in the cool of the garden in perfect and open relationship with Adam and Eve. And God is restoring that presence with his people through the Old Testament and through Israel unto us today. And we as the church, the presence of God is with us, as we say very often. We find the presence of God within his word when we read and we get to know him. We find God's presence when we pray with him and we speak to him and commune with us and he speaks to us and he speaks to us in our spirit. When we walk around in nature in the creation, we see God's presence in so many forms that he has created the world and the whole earth reflects his handiwork. And so we find that the presence of God will in so many ways will inform our faith, encourage us to face our fears and to live courageously despite the things that we are afraid of. You must be in the presence of God and know that he is with you. And that presence of God is also tied to acting in faith, living courageously, is tied to understanding and trusting God's promises. That he promises things. He is a covenantal God. He promises. We can trust his promises. God is a God of his word. We can take him at his word. And isn't that so encouraging? How many things today in today's world especially, can you take at face value? (laughs) Can you trust, you know? Like there's not many things today that we would say, we rely on that source of information. (laughs) There's so many things that are challenging to face and to trust and to rely on, put our faith in, but God and his word are reliable. We can trust them. 
So in a world of distrust, God presents himself, his, his word, his character as reliable, as trustworthy, as something that bolsters our faith. Wow. And then we see Joshua give testimony of this. If you turn with me to the very end of Joshua, Joshua 23. You can look at it with me if you'd like, that Joshua 23 where Joshua is now in the position of Moses. Moses has passed the mantle to Joshua. Joshua has been encouraged to be strong and courageous. Then he lives and, and follows God and, and, and he obeys and God uses him mightily. And then at the end of his life, we see in Joshua 23, Joshua does the same. And you'll see and hear some of the same phrases and some of the same things as we're reminded of these things in Joshua 23. You can look at verse, I'll kind of skip down and through, that's why I was asking, I might be jumping around in the chapter a little bit, but in chapter 23, verse one, it talks about how in, in verse one that Joshua was old and he was well advanced in years. Joshua summoned all of Israel, its elders, the heads, the judges, the officers, and said to them, I am now old and well advanced in years, and you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to these nations for your sake. For it is, who, me who's done this? No. But it is the Lord, your God, who has fought for you. Verse five, you skip down there. The Lord, your God, will push them back before you and drive them out of your sight. You shall possess the land just as the Lord, your God, has promised you. Verse six, therefore, be very strong and keep to do all that is written in the law of Moses. Verse 11 says, therefore, be very careful, therefore, to love the Lord, your God, Seek to obey and follow. And then skip down to verse 14. He says, now I am going to go the way of all the earth and to know in your hearts and souls all of you that not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God has promised concerning you. I'm gonna repeat that. (laughs) Not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you. All has come to pass for you. Not one of them has failed. And just as these good things, he then says to follow those good things, follow God's law, or the opposite, in a sense, the the cursing will come because you have disobeyed and left God who is seeking and desiring to give you all good things and bless you. So we we see this amazing transformation from Moses uh, to Joshua, from Joshua then to the people and the leaders of Israel asking them to be strong, to be courageous, to trust in the word of the Lord. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is God alone. Acting in faith is so often simply dwelling in his presence and trusting his promises that bolsters our faith to live with courage. To courage no matter what you might face because it does in in many ways take a, a level of personal responsibility that, that, that is something that I think maybe is undervalued in this sense that, that, that God's grace and his sovereignty are so important and powerful and yet there is an aspect that I believe in and trust in that there is this level of free will that we are challenged by God to be strong, to be courageous, to step up and believe his word. Warren Wearsby and Charles Spurgeon, uh, Wearsby says this, divine sovereignty is not a substitute for human responsibility. Spurgeon says this was not to use the promise or the covenants of God, the promises of God as a couch 
(laughs) upon which his indolence might luxuriate, but as a girdle wherewith to gird up his loins for future activity. And if you didn't understand this, he explains it with this. He said, God's promises are prods, not pillows. (laughs) They are prodding us to act in faith, not a pillow upon which to take a nap. (laughs) I think that helps me in its sympathy and its, its simplicity, if you would, to remember that there is a certain level of responsibility that the Holy Spirit, yes, will empower us from within the faith that we have to then be zealous for good works, as the word says in Titus. Not necessarily to warn us away from good works, that works don't get us to heaven, but because he has saved us, we now then operate seeking to please him with our lives and to honor him and to avoid acedia and apathy and just twiddling our thumbs until Christ comes back. That kind of a life is not what it means to be strong and courageous. And so we remind ourselves today, the simplicity of these things that God is fighting for us in this battle. And God is using the people of Israel here and Joshua and Moses to be a type of what is to come, to deliver and create this rest as it speaks about in Hebrews 3, to create a nation that is a place of rest for a people of God, to provide salvation for his people and to do all that he has promised and to then one day send Jesus, as we read in Hebrews. Jesus is the better Moses. As it says in chapter four, Jesus is the better Joshua. We look to Moses, we look to Joshua, we see their examples of faith. We look to Hebrews 11 and we find the the patriarchs and the forefathers and all of that they have experienced in their faith that encourages us to look back, that informs our faith that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That Jesus will see us through these things because in Hebrews uh, three and four, it reminds us that Jesus is the better Moses. He is the better Jesus. Uh, Sorry, he is the better Joshua. Joshua and Jesus' name are ultimately the same within the Hebrew and the Greek. And so we find that in Hebrews 13, I'm gonna close with this, it reminds us those things in the Old Testament at the very beginning of the Bible remind us that this carries all the way over into the New Testament as the author of Hebrews speaks to us even today. He says in Hebrews 13, five, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's reminding us that there are many things in this world that will leave you and will forsake you, money being one of those. (laughs) They will leave you, it will forsake you. The things that we put our trust in, the things that we put our faith in, they are not reliable, they are not trustworthy in the end. But rather, remember that God will never leave you. God will never abandon you. So then we can confidently say with courage, Hebrews 13, six, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. This simple faith of recognizing the truths of scripture and the reality of the presence of God with us, that God is with us. We can walk in his presence and with his people. And God, we know in his character is proven trustworthy. He is proven one that we can rely on, who keeps his word. We can trust his promises. And he promises to never leave us, to never forsake us. And God will go before us as we follow him into battles, we follow him into wherever he leads us today. 
that then operates within my heart, within my mind, within my soul, within my body, to then live courageously for Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's close in prayer. Father, we think of you in this time. We pray to you in this time. We come to you almost in silence in a period of of plea for help. We know you listen, we know you hear, we know you love your people. May God you encourage us today. Our hearts may be heavy with many of the losses that so many of us have faced, even within our midst, among our loved ones. And yet, God, we are reminded from the songs that we have already sung today, from the things that we have dwelt together on, these, the testimonies that we've heard, that you're faithful. Your word doesn't fail. You never fail. And we walk in that today. We believe that today. We walk in faith. Encourage us, Lord. Strengthen us. Lord, we believe. We trust you. And we are excited about, God, all the future that you have for this church, for this place, for so many of the faces that are here today. God, it is exciting to be part of your family. We are looking forward to all that you have planned and all that you are leading us in, in the future. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.